0: Welcome to the Compass Podcast. Today we're joined by Wolfie Zhao, a researcher and former Bitcoin mining journalist at The Block. Wolfie digs into current 2022 narratives, including the public mining industry, the finance market for mining, and the manufacturing game. This podcast is presented ad-free by Compass Mining, the largest marketplace for Bitcoin mining. Check out compassmining.io today if you want to buy, sell, or host an ASIC. And now onto the show. Wolfie, thanks for joining today on the, the Compass podcast. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Good to see you again. Yeah, great to see you also. It's been a few months. I think we had you last time on the podcast in November with David Pan from Coindesk, just talking about Bitcoin mining, Bitcoin and journalism. So, a very different conversation than today. Uh, but that was a good conversation. I think anyone who's been in the media space for a while always likes to talking to about media. Uh, but mm-hmm. today we're going to talk a little bit more about Bitcoin mining and the research that you do at the block. Uh, So excited for that.
1: Cool. Let's jump into it.
0: Yeah. So there's definitely like a lot of different conversation topics that we can nail. I think that we should probably stick to the purview of of your work at the block as a, as a researcher. Uh, I think just the depth of understanding of the mining market you have is really going to help out here since you've been covering also as a reporter for many years, you might, are you the, the longest standing Bitcoin mining journalist? I feel like you could be out there for a record.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, I started coming like. Track. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't keep track. Well, I started like end of 2018, I guess, around like when Bitman was filing for that IPO in Hong Kong. Um, yeah, and then have been keeping track of the space. That was, you know, at that time, like the mining thing in China was pretty big and dominant. So uh, a lot of activities. And then, yeah, I I switched to the research side of the blog like around December last year, and now I just focus fully on mining-related research pieces for clients. Um, so yeah, I mean over the past like couple months, we did a several a series of uh, research pieces uh, touching on basically, I guess most of the parts of the ecosystem. I think what's what's pretty good is that you know over since like I think twenty eighteen. Between 20, 2018 and twenty twenty, there weren't there weren't many like public listed mining companies. We're just like handful on them, maybe like two or three. Um. So the information that was public was really not so much, very little publicly li- available data. So a lot of time you would rely on. You know, on-chain data because but like you know on chain data was only about the whole network was doing so you, you can't really drill into like different companies per se but I think in 2021 we saw like a pretty big increase of companies that are listed at least um, getting access to the public markets and they are all filing different kind of kinds of disclosures of their business how they're operating their hash rate their their future plans, their investor presentations, SEC findings. Um, and now I kind of like maybe we have two dozens of public listed companies with big or small market cap. And there are a couple of others that are pending listing, I think like four or five pending listing. So hopefully like by the end of this year, we'll see like maybe 30 of them um, that can give a lot of good information about their business. and using as a kind of proxy for us to understand more how these companies are doing and all that. So I think, you know, some of the quick highlights of what we have done so far, I think a lot of the North American mining companies, they they placed like big orders last year buying, I think like million units of ASICS, like S-19 or equivalent models. That are due to due for shipments in 2022 and 2023. So that's a lot of hash rate that can be added to the network if the manufacturers can ship the equipment on time. And but also at the same time, like I think everybody's like now currently the the supply shortage is not really about the equipment, but like who who can build the who can complete the infrastructure build out the the soonest um, so that they can plug in the machines much faster. Um, and I think that is what's also going on. I I, I look through some of the findings and press releases. I think there are about like dozen to tw- to twenty mining companies are building multi gigawatts of capacity globally. That kind of like five six gigawatts and over four gigawatts are in, are in the U.S. and a lot of them are in Texas for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean. It's, it's definitely interesting that we have so many like, construction projects going on and are expected to complete this year and next year and plugging the, the mining equipment gradually as they you know, complete the infrastructure face by face. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a growing, growing market and it's a totally different game now than last year.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of how many miners went public last year or at least in, in some form or fashion when public or we're going public uh, through like SPACs, IPOs, or direct listings. It's like around 15 to 20. And there's supposed to be like a, a bunch more this year. There's definitely a lot more information than we've gotten in the past. Uh, I'm just personally curious, going back into what you're saying a second ago, there's only a lot of on-chain data in 2018, 2019, 2020. And now we have all this. this like this dearth of public information for miners, which... Prior mining really operated in this very opaque sector, right? It was very hard to get information. You, hard to get into a mine. Hard to get information out of manufacturers about what they're building. Hard to get information about future deployments. Uh, I'm assuming like your job's a lot easier now, but or maybe it's not the case because there's so much more information to parse through.
1: Yeah, I think I think what's like what's different. For like a big mining related research is that they're all um a lot of the information is not on chain, so you can't really put data just just from from the blockchain like a lot of the things they they do interact with the blockchain, but the way they disclose it it's not really from the blockchain itself, so like you have to look through all of the filings and yeah the filings can be can be super long and you know interesting details of, are often buried in you know, small paragraphs, bypassing, and you know, just have to find it. And so it's good that we have more transparency, per se. Uh, it's just like getting those information is also an interesting process. Um, um, and, and also like, for example, like we previously were hard to um, really calculate the mining cost. Um, as a comp from a company perspective, right? You you can say, like, I bought all of S19 pros, and then I can get a rough estimate. If I have like five cents USD per kilowatt hour, I can know what's the break the price. But you know, when you put it into a business, there are all of other things that you can you need to add on. That you it's not just the cost of revenues, you need to hire a lot of people to maintain this facilities. So you have office, you're now a public. Company that you have to be governing in a more professional and structured way, so you have to have a lot of more costs that needs to be added in. and these kind of details uh and now we're we're, we're able to get um so it, it's definitely more interesting like if you look at uh, S19 Pro will have like maybe 4K, 5K break-even price for cost of money, one Bitcoin. But when you add into all the cost of revenues and also all the operating cash-based expenses, you know, paying for your executives, office rent and all the other stuff, things can go up. Um, But to to what extent? Like that is what we can get from the public data. Um, So it's actually higher than, you know, what what companies will say for sure um but but given bitcoin price is still like 40k i think it's yeah still a pretty profitable business even though we're down from all-time high um by a lot
0: um, yeah, so, yeah definitely hash price is still doing, doing pretty good i don't know if you track that metric very much but it's uh, still mean doing the, pretty solid
1: the revenue per terahash. hash
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah
1: yeah uh, i mean yeah the hash rate I think year today like for the past three months, it has grown. Um, I think like ten percent from 180 to like now 200, um, and it's not really moving really rapidly so far um, over the last like I like guess two cycles. Um, but yeah, that's also interesting. Like people saying, you know, we, we can see the maybe 300, or even 300 over 300 xai hash by the end of the year. Um, I think based on the purchases that people made, it's entirely possible. If you have like over 1 million ASICs, like S19s, they 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 already have like a hundred hash additional, but always depends on like how many miners you can energize, right? Um, like some companies have a lot of the miners that rec- they receive sitting idle in the warehouse. Um, there are lot of delays of, of I guess like construction and also logistics. It's kind of a pain to see like a lot of opportunity costs.
0: You had that tweet about Marathon, which yeah. is really interesting. That was from a disclosure, like an investor note?
1: Yeah, it's good that they, they disclose that every month, um, how many they received uh, from BIMAN? how many they plug in. Um, so like the last time I saw were the here today, like since like maybe 2021, early 2021, they received like over 100,000 ASICs from Batman. um at some, moment, at some point, like later last year, they even used like charter flights to ship the equipment because the logistics was pretty disrupted due to the pandemic. So like they have a lot of, like over a hundred thousand. And then I think as of end of February, they plucked in like some 3.8X hash. So not, not less than 40% of the miner were energized. So the amount of miners that that aren't energized can deliver Bitcoin that is more than what they generate in a month. So it's kind of pain. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely like a narrative. I think that's a good place to take the conversation is narratives we've seen from last year moving into this year narratives at the moment as well and it seems like the logistics thing is not going away like that was certainly a thing last year but it's changed a little bit where now it's supply bottlenecks for building facilities with uh orders going forward and like these public miners have put a lot of orders up and it means delivering them but they don't seem to be any place to to place the machine so compute north is the hosting provider for a lot of what marathon does and uh, it seems they're having some construction delays or something, and that's causing Marathon to just leave machines on the ground. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think I think they definitely are trying to like resolve the problem as soon as possible. I mean, it's, it's huge opportunity cost. Like, what 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 can six six exahash do? Like, I don't know. At least dozens of Bitcoin. Yeah, um, a day.
0: It's a lot of so, Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> 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 that blows. Um, yeah, I mean. I guess I guess the China crackdown really like like, like messed up like kind of like a butterf- kind of the, the 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 ripple effect. It's just like larger than people thought. It's just it's not just about shutdown, right? It's this whole hosting capacity crunch. Like when they, when those companies ordered the machines, they didn't foresee that those Chinese companies were rushing to you know, elsewhere in the world to to source, to source electricity. Um, but yeah, I think I think we need some time to like digest all that kind of demand. But hopefully like construction will go on as, you know, face by face.
0: Yeah, it's a good way of putting it like the butterfly effect of all these things. Uh, I think it also gets really interesting when you look at the public moves that firms like Marathon are making uh, with capital markets, putting out like convertible notes, stuff like that. But maybe dive into that a little bit. I know you've done some recent research speaking about uh, the capital raises that some of these firms have undergone.
1: Yeah, yeah, we did one. So I think I think 2021 was like pretty big in terms of like Bitcoin mining financing. Um, so like I think I think you know when we look at like mining mining in China back then, um, there were many ways for those mining investors to to get external capital when they want to expand their mining fleet or their infrastructure. The only way they could was like go to the lenders and pledge their Bitcoins collateral, get some leverage and buy machines and and, and was washed out pretty hard after the March 2020 uh, block shit. Um, but now we're seeing like 2021 is a lot of you know equity and debt financing. I think that for the first like three quarters, it was more, mostly like equity. Um, like the, the usual big names, they they uh, offered off of you know, at the market offerings for equity, um, uh, sort of all the private placements, um, and I think the last quarter was like a up like uptake for for like kind of convertible notes and I guess like debt financing instruments for the public market, um, and and also along these ways, there's always there, there are a couple of you know. Institutional lenders uh, have always been, you know, trying to uh, negotiate deals with mining companies. So we have we have a couple of them uh, currently, like black Gal- Galaxy, Fundry, IDIG, um, Celsius, BlockFi. Um, so it, it's it's interesting. Like in the past, like a lot of these uh, U.S. lenders, they would partner with Asia-based ones to kind of. Um, so they lend money to the Asia partners and then we'll, then they will issue loans to like miners and kind of structure the business like that. But now they're kind of becoming more actively engaging with the mining firms directly. Um, yeah, and I, th- I, I think that's gonna, maybe gonna continue throughout like 2022 and 2023, especially for companies that are trying to hold the Bitcoins and not selling, uh, you know, you, you still have CapEx and OPEX to pay. Uh, you have and also when 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 the equipment that you pre-order last year is gonna ship every month, you're gonna have monthly dues. And then you have you're expanding your infrastructure. So there's so a lot of need for working capital. Um, so this trend is gonna continue, I think. And and the private lending market is pretty interesting, like um, you know, these companies, these companies are offering uh, especially like crypto, I guess like. Uh, crypto lenders, right, so like Foundries and Galaxy, I think, they generally offer like an interest rate that higher than what traditional credit firm will do. There were a couple of like, just one or two, not, not too many, like Trinity and the company called Whitehawk. They They did some a smaller amount of equipment financing, um, but the interest rate was relatively lower. I guess, I guess the Bitcoin price was a factor into that. But I guess like Foundry offer, at least from the like 30 something deals that I reviewed, I saw and read through, I think Foundry was offering like 17% interest rate per annum. Um, and it's a very interesting strategy. I mean, they, they, they themselves bought a lot of equipment early on in 2020 August. And then when they kind of sold this equipment to mining customers, there was a premium because Bitcoin price rallied and they also issue loans if you don't have the money to buy the machines from them and you can borrow money from Foundry from and then you pay a higher interest rate, but you can get the equipment swap. So it's a it's a greater access to resources, and that's something that traditional credit firms don't have. Um, so that's I mean, that's kind of understandable that why their interest rate is also kind of moderate. Um, and also they put like a little bit more restrict terms in terms of like how the equipment should be collateralized. And you, there were also some terms like you can, like I give you let's say like 30 million loan facilities. You, can, you, you only draw like 1 million of it. And the, the remaining 29 have some, some, have some conditions that so you have to, you can only draw like maybe part, half of that remaining amount before you complete a, like say, $100 million trans, uh, transaction fundraise. Um, and then you can draw the remaining half of it after you raise that money. So to make sure that the, the lender's risk is low. Um, so it's a very interesting dynamic um, that has involved, I think, um, mining market. Definitely, it, it, it does, it is in favor of uh, mining companies in terms of like, even if you are small and you need capital, you definitely do have more alternatives than before in terms of sourcing capital or leverage to take on that risk if you want to expand your business. Um, so like before, like say before 2020, I think most of the like miners in China, the way they do is, you know, you, you're you a big miner, you mine a lot of Bitcoin, then you convert them. Uh, you, to get more liquid liquidity to buy more machines. Um, so it's like a self-fulfilling cycle whereas you where you don't really have any other leverage, which is which is kind of not really risky. But now if you like there are a lot, lot more options, right? Especially if you want to hold Bitcoin. There are also public mining companies that just say they 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 don't hold any Bitcoin. Like Iris Energy said just sell they just sell everything. They just sell everything um we that's the strategy we, we sell everything and we use the money we sell to buy more bitcoin because we're buying more machines um i think it's it's good that it's interesting to see that kind of different strategy like there are two spectrums there's one that just don't sell anything, there's one that sells everything there's a lot of companies in between um so i think it's it's interesting to see how they kind of if if at all they will change if this year is going
0: to be a bear market. Yeah, no, I'm really keen to see what's going to happen this year, if there is a bear market or even just like a lower hash price for these uh, for these public miners. And I think the interesting thing will be in a few years to see like which strategy work, like hodling like your bit farms of the world or selling immediately like your iris energy. Uh, we can get to that in a second. I want to go back to what you're talking about earlier though with the private lending. What kind of interest rates are you talking about? Like how high are these interest rates? And then what's like the... The deal structure for these things uh you and i were talking earlier about how you take out a private loan to buy machines from someone like foundry you pay a high interest rate and then you have the deal structured so if you fall out on the deal that the bitcoin is held by the custodian or is it held by the lender or yeah who is it held by
1: so yeah there were a couple of um uh, Contrast. There was one example between Foundry and Molson Infrastructure Group. That was that deal was early, I think January 2021. It wasn't like a big amount. It was like 1 million something. And they bought a few hundred Watts miners. 500 maybe. Um, so the, the structure was like, the loan was 17, 16.5 or 17, I don't remember, but around that level, 17% uh, annual um so they were trying to buy 500 watts minor and they put a small part of deposits and then so the total deal was like 1.3 million so i guess one watts minor m30 was like 2600 but i'm pretty sure when when the when Vander bought the m30s in mid 2020 it was definitely lower than that um so they saw that the premium, I mean, the price rallied. So of course the miners go up. Um, so they, so the total deal was like one point three million. They put like a three hundred grand for deposits, and then they borrowed one million from Foundry, and with the seventeen percent interest rate. Um, so the deal was like the equipment will be the collateral. Um, so it's essentially not your like not your big not your what's miners right so you cannot really overclock them uh there's like you have to gain like then the lenders uh, written consent before you can overclock them and the collateral also includes the mined bitcoin from this collateralized equipment and the bitcoin will be deposited to um address controlled by um genesis trading um Presumably for like selling to cover the principles and, um, and interest. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's the the main gist of of the of the contract. Um, and also they they're required to um, send the hash rate to the pool that is de- designated by Foundry. I mean it's going to be a Foundry USA pool. right? So it's kind of like you 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 pay a higher interest rate um but you get greater access because they have the machines they have the pools they have custodian wallets and so and then when that's done um i think the term was like 18 months if i remember correctly 18 months maturity so after after that i mean the machine the mission will be yours right so you're kind of like paying a mortgage right so like um you're you're using your monthly paycheck to pay back a mortgage that is upfront. Um, but yeah, yeah that's, that's what I think that's what crypto lenders would choose, uh, which kind of makes sense, right? They want to be more in, involved in kind of whole business strategy instead of just giving you a loan and collect the interest and we're done. But like, it's kind of a strategy that we bundle more deeply in terms of the business operations here.
0: The interesting thing to me about what you're saying is like, you definitely pay a premium for being within that enclosed system and like being a part of that, that private lending group. So like foundry for, I think is like a great example, right? You get access to the pool, you get access to the machines, you get access to uh DCG and all that stuff. You get access to uh, just like the entire system and all the benefits that incorporates being a part of the foundry family, but you pay for that with that interest rate, right? That's 16 to 17% interest rate you're talking about, which is, which is like almost outrageous when you're thinking about how cheap money is right now. Right. Like the federal reserve itself is like scared to raise the federal loans rate, uh, by like, you know, a few bips, like nothing yeah. at all. Even well, just- That
1: was, that was Go back ahead. in January, 2021. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess like still it was pretty high. Um, well, I guess like it's it depends on how you want to structure your strategy. I think at that time, if you get access to the spot miners, um, uh, the problem was like how how soon you can get the spot miners, right? right? At that time, there was like a supply crunch of the miners, so you don't really have any choice if you want to plug in right now, unless you wait. If you're gonna wait, then yes. I mean, if you look at like I did did a loan with the <laughs> Uh the stronghold digital. I think it's that was also early, like first quarter or early second quarter of uh of 2021. Um and let me check. I think oh that was like around like June 2021. Um that so was, that was like a 10% um Friday. Um and also 10% from another traditional credit firm. Um but that that's also because like you know the, the equipment they they play the 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 money they used to buy the equipment uh, the, and the equipment was not spot at that point like they had to wait. Um so yeah I mean it, it's different like there's a reason why you pay for a higher premium rate. It's not for nothing.
0: <laughs> I mean January twenty twenty one there was not a better time to be mining Bitcoin and so boundary by getting that, those What's Miners author books was losing out on possible Bitcoin mining rewards in that, pay, that place. So you have to cover your books with higher interest rates. I am interested to see though, and would curious to get your take on this, are interest rates still that high right now in a possible bear market scenario or interest rates collapsing? And how does that look for these public mining firms that still perhaps have these higher interest rates on their books? But don't have machines deployed because of a logistics crunch. Is there going to be like possible wipeout scenarios? Do you think that there's a lot of danger for these firms because they're 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 not online, but they still have these really high interest loans out?
1: Well, I think like in general, I think Bitcoin mining companies they have a pretty decent profile, like credit profile as a as a borrower because you know naturally, if you have operating hash, you have you have new Bitcoin get generated every month. Um. Uh, Regardless of the size, um, you have some new, liquid mining generated. It's that that can either convert it to your liquidity, or you know, in case of a price crash, and you you need a margin calls, and so in general, I think as long as like you can, come, you can you can plug in your miners like progressively. I think that's relatively fine. I think for for lenders, you know, it's also it's also like it, looking looking back from you know just f- deals for, uh, between Foundry and Moss in January, right? It's it was pretty safe for Foundry. If you think about it, it's I, I borrowed I, I lend you the miners, and you can plug in and you generate Bitcoin, and you will have liquidity to pay me the principles and the interest. Um, so I'm earning the premium of the miners, and also earning a safe interest return, and and I know you're generating Bitcoin every month, so. That's pretty good. Uh, I think that's this 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 all these things that I think they work together as a whole, like the, the miners that you pre-ordered, the infrastructure they're expanding and the loan you're getting. Like you, if if you're only getting loans, but you're not moving anywhere in terms of your your new operating hash rate and your new infrastructure, then yes, maybe you come a harder time when, when Bitcoin price crash. Um, um, yeah, I think I think it, it really depends on how you balance all these things. Um, so if you use the risk, risk management, is not really great. And, and then that again would be, we'll, we'll have some hard time. Um, and I think in terms of interest rate, I think recently it was, great. I, I think generally it's not as high as 17% anymore. Um, there were a couple of deals that were just 7, 8, ten, twelve. 10, 12 um, one recent one was Isaac was 14% to Cathedral um, I don't know why maybe maybe because like they're relatively smaller players um, not too many ASHRAE that can be added like instantly so um, and also like there was one new lender like Securitize that company I'm not sure if you're familiar they do like digital asset security kind of platforms they also have like a capital arm to manage like Bitcoin and Ether USDC yield fund product. It's also like they 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 get LPs to to put their money, deposit their money into earn interest and then they would, you know, also lend the money out to charge a higher interest rate to make a profit, right? So same for like BlockFi I think they also get deposits and then they also kind of lend it out like a bank. Um so I think there were there are definitely more players in the lending market. Um so as long as like mining companies need cash, um it's definitely some business to do
0: there. So the the mining firms are safe, is what you're saying. That's good to hear. Oh uh, <laughs> at least for the most part, even in a bear market. We could keep riffing on that, but uh we only have a few more minutes with you. So I wanna dive into machine manufacturers, which is definitely Something you've covered for a long time. uh just like lay the groundwork for this for this part of the conversation. we have Intel announcing that it's actually going to build its new chip, looks like it's a chip doesn't look like if they're going to build their own machine they there's been some images online, but most of the releases today have said like Argo is going to pursue building their own white label minor grid same block, likely similar uh, and then we have. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have like Bitmain obviously has been counterpunching with a bunch of new releases of its S19 XP, S19 XP Hydro, S19 Pro Plus Hydro, like a, a lot of different variants. Uh, that XP version, of course, with the five nanometer chip is a big thing. And then lastly, we also have some people in the ranks like MicroBT obviously was like a, a big up and comer in 2019, 2020 and really dug into the market cap for Bitmain uh, but they seem to be taking like almost a backseat in a lot of conversations I've seen so far. And then there's Kanan also lurking in the background, trying to remake its image, especially in North America where a lot of the hash rates migrating. So with that context in mind, tell me what you think about the manufacturing game right now. Is is it maturing? Is it taking a step forward? Or is information out there a little too hype and should be taken with more salt?
1: Yeah, I think I think what definitely this is like the Moore's law, right? I think, I think we're kind of getting to that kind of plateau in terms of hash rate, like efficiency growth. Um, So, you know, back for, like, when was the S9? S9 was 2016. So, uh, six years. The efficiency, like, three times tripled uh, from 90 to 100 more to not like less than 30. So, I think in the next six years, it's hard to see that that kind of same three x kind of efficiency boost just by purely relying on chip uh, mm-hmm. technology advancement. Um, that's also why, like you see, I think Biman is launching those like liquid liquid cool versions. They basically use liquid cool, and you already overclock them. So to max out to max out the the juice of the of the chips that would be on a uh, air cooled machines, right? So, I think for Intel, um, yeah, it's just interesting to see like when the actual second generation, what's called BZM two, uh, how the how the chip is doing, and also what who is gonna be the the OEM to to make the full system because like based on the data from the first generation bzm one um they they definitely lacked the expertise in in the minor full system design um because like a chip was what, 55 joule per hash and when it turned to minor it was 90 um 90 joule per hash so you lost a lot of the efficiency there It's basically you, you put it's i think i think the way it was it worked is like it's not you 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 do put the three hundred chips into a hash board, uh, four hash boards, but it's not just as simple as like putting them into a series circuit. There are all lot of uh, software and hardware design that you need to optimize so that they each chip can max they can deliver their max performance in terms of hash rate and also the power consumption. So definitely from the, from the from the first generation of Intel, it, it wasn't that impressive. So. And yes, it looks like they're going to just sell the chip and they, and, and different companies need to hire their own, like, I guess, OEM. And, um, there was one interesting detail from the grid contract with Intel, they redacted a lot of the information, all of the important details, but there was one part where it said, Grid will get the license. We'll will get a supply of the design, um, proprietary design for Intel, so of a system. So it looks like Red is going to also somehow look for different partners or kind of, do, or do it on their own to make the full miner. So how can they optimize that system, the, the firmware, the hardware, the design. So that's also a question. Um, hopefully they can, they can do better. Um, but yeah, in terms of like MicroBD and BIMIN, I, I think I think I heard MicroBD is also trying to uh, have their own like kind of liquid um, kind of solution. Um, but like yeah, my, like I think MicroBD, generally speaking, is, in terms business perspective, they're more conservative than 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 Bayman. They 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 don't really go out and do large scale events, fly all the customers into Dubai, and was it Dubai this year? Uh, last year um, um so they 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 yeah they they kind of cage you about because they're a Chinese company and they don't want to make too big of a fuss. like they're selling enough com- capacity to their customers, so you know just do the business as usual um but I, th- I think in terms of like hash rate, we're getting to a kind of a plateau like it's kind of slower growth of hash rate increase, increase. Uh, we're not gonna see the kind of deep like jump from like six years ago. Um but yeah, I think liquid cooling is also um pretty interesting. Um I think the only time that Bitman launched a like hydro liquid cooling was for the S9. I don't remember which year, maybe 2019 or 2018. But that was it. Um definitely it's definitely great to see like if this thing can be Apply a large scale, like they, you know, now now they sell those kind of big box where you fill those um, S19 hydro. Um, yeah, I mean, it just looks way better than immersion cooling. It's it it's so it looks so clean and and not messed up. You don't need <laughs> in the tanks and you don't need the fluid and in the pipes and and all that headache. And you need to plus you need to customize the firmware. You need to dismantle the fans and you know, with the liquid cooling it's just it's firmware stock firmware the much better choice but yeah if if we can see a lot more deployment of those I think there's also less noise. I do see a lot of the reports from the from the US like different neighborhoods complaining about those liquid mining facilities like smaller ones maybe sites that are disrupting the communities. Um maybe I think I think that's kind of in, Upgrade in terms of what technology.
0: Just to jump in there really quick. I think that the U.S. noise thing, I've noticed that too. And the block had an article about that yesterday with the Tennessee neighborhood uh, taking up some action against a Bitcoin mining farm. I think it's like an interesting corollary or at least a, a, an interesting part of like the China Bitcoin mining ban where all these miners would come to the United States and they were trying to plug in wherever they could. And now they're just pissing off people in neighborhoods who are trying to like live their normal lives. Uh, and I, I think that's it's funny because it's like definitely putting a bad taste in some people's mouth. Like the first intro they have to Bitcoin is like this horrendous, yeah. huge noise going on in their neighborhood. Like, a yeah, I do also a
1: news report. Uh, there was, I don't remember which company, but they, they explicitly said uh, when everybody's looking for the cities, we're not going there because we're, because uh, you go across so, 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 so crammed and everybody's there in the big cities. We're, we're going for those overlooked towns uh, where we can generate jobs and, and all that. Um <laughs> I don't know. It's there there always be a community. People just don't don't like the, the the vicinity of a mining facility that generate too much noise.
0: Yeah, I mean I think immersion and liquid cooling is definitely taking off in different ways. It's interesting to see like it's on the manufacturing side, but it's also on the proprietary facility side that you're seeing uh both these things taking off. One's immersion and one's just like straight up hydro where it's built into the box. Uh any predictions for what Amount of hash rate you think in the next year or so will be immersion based? You think it's still just gonna be single digit?
1: Oh, I don't I haven't thought about that. I mean, maybe single digit percentage. Um well like maybe won't ship this thing until like maybe even later this year or, or like Q and Q till next year. So uh depends on like how big the order is. Um I'm sure it will be much more expensive um than regular air, fa- air coolers air I guess 19 but right. it's it's already totally overclocked um so and maybe maybe single digit i don't know i i, no, I just think it, we will definitely see like larger scale of uh of kind of either liquid cool immersion cool miners um which is which is kind of interesting see, especially for for like immersion cool i think it's it always it's not so standard um, but if you buy like a hydro version, why like, it's really standard because like manufacturers will have tested it already. They will make sure that it does deliver the performance. But like, if you do immersion, yeah, I, I'm curious like how I'm curious like how 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 the data will look like. Um, but I, I think if we have like seen a larger scale of deployment, it will have like a better results of the data to be a better reference for benchmark. Uh, which was which will be also like kind of useful.
0: Yeah, I've seen like a few photos of and spaces being shipped around the United States, some Wyoming and Texas. Mm. So uh, I think it's S19 Hydro Pro for that yeah. setup, probably not the XP yet. Uh, that but that's one of the unfair questions I like to ask guests at the end of the podcast is mm-hmm. what percentage of hash rate will be based in hydro or immersion and what percent will be at-home mining uh, we won't get to that one on this pod i won't put you on the spot there i think both of those answers is probably like lower single digits at the most uh wolfie mm-hmm. i want to thank you for your time and what we can leave the conversation there thanks so much for joining us on the podcast and look forward to uh reading your reports and talking to you again soon sure
1: good to have you.